Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Chaos, C-H-A-O-S, critical hate, and overwhelming stupidity. Hey, Birdland, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Full Count Chaos. Always appreciate you tuning in. Hope the oil season is over. And it's always a bummer when it ends. You know, we, we just follow them night after night after night for so long, just putting all our energy and positiveness into the Orioles every year, and then boom, it's gone. But holy shit, what a season. The Orioles end with a winning record. Yeah, it's disappointing they didn't make the playoffs. They were almost there. But we had competitive baseball, meaningful baseball in Baltimore going in October. We're good. It's just amazing that this team did what they did this year. Before the the beginning of the season, if you're like me, I thought it was going to be another shitbag losing season. Of course, I was going to stick with them through the entire season and cheer them on. But I'm not sitting here calling them a bunch of scrubs, being like, oh, they blew it, bunch of bums. No, I'm just excited. I got to watch meaningful baseball leading in October. It was fun. Loved it. Baseball, baseball, baseball. You know, like most people, I had them winning like 63, 65, 67 games, knowing Adley was going to come on the roster. You're thinking, all right, there's a few more games they're going to win on top of that, whatever. But I did not think they were going to break 80 wins this season. And there's always those fans, no matter what kind of roster it is, (laughs) they're just pounding that orange Kool-Aid. And they're always the ones being like, I don't know, man, 85, 90 wins. I just feel it in my gut. It's like, do you? Are you sure it's not just gas? Like, come on, what, what are you doing here? It's like, what, you look at the uh, opening day roster? You're like, yep, there it is. Gutierrez, Ben Boom, DJ Stewart. These are the guys. Chris Owens. This is going to be the team. Now get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but, of course, midseason, heading into October, all the I told you so texts are coming in, all the calls, emails, whatever. They're just bombarding me with I told you so. Look, the people that I personally know, they do this. They've done this for like 20 years. They always, and it's great. I think they're very optimistic people. They're always looking at the glass half full, but don't act like, you know, something that we all don't. Everyone's thinking, you know, 60, maybe 70 wins and they're going 85, 90 wins. Maybe, you know, we'll see. Maybe they might be making the playoffs this year every single season. So I'm not giving you props. (laughs) So (laughs) of course we're celebrating the Orioles winning season. Very proud of them. Proud of Hyde. I know a lot of people gave him shit this season. We'll talk about Hyde. We'll talk about <laughs> fucking Yankee fans that bothered the living shit out of me this week. And when I get done kicking your ass, I'm going to kick yours. I got some emails that came in. Of course, love to hear from you. Full count chaos at gmail.com. Always hit me up on Twitter. Full count chaos or at full count chaos. So this past week, and this is my fault, the schedule got a little messed up. I was supposed to have a guest on over the weekend. His name's Mark. has a great podcast, Baseball Biz. He talks everything baseball, and I wanted to pick his brain with everything going on in baseball. Uh, The playoffs coming up. He's a Tampa Bay Rays fan. Wanted to pick his brain on the Rays with going in the playoffs. And I feel terrible because, you know, the guy called me like that night, a couple hours before, like on a payphone. He lives down in Tampa. And I completely forgot about that. I should have been the one to reach out to him days before and be like, dude, I know you and your family are about to go through some shit with the storm. Don't even worry about this show. Do what you need to do. Of course, we all say thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. And I did hear from him the other day. It does sound like he's doing okay. Everything's going well. 
you know, my wife had it up on the Weather Channel, the TV, just fucking brutal scenes. I jump on Red Cross, donate money, just, I don't know, trying to do my part. So we will get Mark on here, talk about them, talk about them baseball, them Orioles and them playoffs, about them baseball. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Uh, definitely want to hear from you folks, how you enjoyed the season. Did you uh, feel because the Orioles did not make the playoffs, were you like, ah, bust. <laughs> the season failed. I'm depressed now. Season ended in a doubleheader, which you don't always see that. Uh, final record, 83-79, and 79, 31 win swing from last season. Hey, the Orioles did better than the Red Sox. Only three games less than the Rays. The Orioles hung in there, and they hung with the best of the best the whole fucking season. They basically held their middle finger up to all the naysayers, and they're just like, screw you. Smoke weed every day. And if they weren't in the East, <laughs> they'd, be in the, they'd be in the playoffs right now if they were in any other American League division. Fucking ridiculous. But when you think of this season, 31 wing swing. 31 win swing. Say that 20 times fast. Why would I want to, Nate? I don't know. Um, Adley Rushman, voted most valuable Oriole. Played 111 games this season. It, it feels like he's been on this team for years just how he dominated and he jumps on this team on May 21st. And before he came on the Orioles right before that day were 16 and 25. And you're like, all right, nine under 500. This is, you know, could be worse, could be better, whatever. But he's like, no, let's, let's win some fucking ball folks. Uh, he batted, he ended the season 254, 13 home runs, 42 RBIs, uh, team leading 809 PS OPS. Of course, he says, it's a great honor. He says, the guys around me make for this experience. I've said it all year. It means a lot. I'm very thankful. So the Orioles record this season when Rushman plays is 62 and 49. Yep, it's a winning record. Since he joined the club, the Orioles are 66 and 53. Yeah, it's a winning record. And their earned run average is 3.77 when he catches. So moral of the story, play the guy as much as you can. <laughs> Obviously, don't hurt the poor guy. He's just a genuine, nice guy. He's got a big heart. He's fallen in love with the fans. The fans have fallen in love with him. And that's why the Orioles need more guys like Odor on the team as well. We need those scrappy motherfuckers who are ready to brawl if bench is clear, which they rarely ever do these days, you know? And when they do, it's a bunch of BS. We all know everyone pretends to, you know, hold me back, hold me back. It's like, no one's holding you back, dude. Just chill out. But when the benches did clear, what was that? Uh, um, against Toronto, you could see all eyes on Odor. Like, all right, okay, all right. We're just, hey, we're just going through the motions. We're, we're not going to hurt anyone. Odor's just like lock and loaded. Like, please, somebody make a move. But you guys like, you have guys like Adley and Mountcastle and, and John Means. Everyone's just smiley and happy, <laughs> which I love. I love those guys. I wouldn't trade them for the world. But every now and then, it's good to have one or two scrappy go get them guys. You know, in a brawl, guys ready to go. But Adley Rushman, congratulations on that. Most valuable Oriole. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, just, uh, you know, when you ask a lot of people, hey, what are some of the uh, uh, plays, some of the moments that you remember? Most of the people that I'm having chats with are saying the moment when Adley first came to Camden Yards, walked up behind the plate and just did a whole 180, looked around the stadium, soaked it all in. That was a big moment. That gives me goosebumps right now just talking about it. And it just gives me goosebumps knowing that we're going to be able to watch Adley play baseball for many years to come.
Now, another moment that stands out that I got to witness live was Bautista coming out of the bullpen and Camden Yard's lights just flickering like you're at like some rave party. And you just don't know. Sometimes you don't know if you're going to see a blowout, whether the Orioles are winning 10 nothing and vice versa. And, and you don't know if you're going to see Bautista coming out. And luckily I did. So that was a, a big moment. I, I was lucky to see that, to see Bautista come out with the lights going crazy like you're at a party. Another one that stands out in my mind is the July 8th game against the Angels. They came to town, and I've expressed before I throw little tantrums when the Orioles are losing or it looks like they're going to lose. I'm the guy that turns off the TV and walks away, or if I'm watching at a bar or something, I'm out of here. I'll see you later. (laughs) I just don't like watching the Orioles lose, which is ironic because I've expressed all season, don't stop watching these guys until it's the last out because you just never know. But here they are, bottom of the ninth. Nobody's on. I think Odor was up to bat. It was two outs, two strikes. Odor gets a hit. And I think Adley comes up, gets a double. I think Cedric winds up getting a hit. And then Trey Mancini comes up to bat. Boom, walk off. Done. Orioles win. My God, man. Just talking about these moments again, how awesome the season was. I'm just getting goosebumps. Of course, also, the uh, was it the White Sox game? down by one Kyle Stowers hits a home run with two strikes two outs and I think that was the one where he the game should have been over he hits a pop-up foul ball easy catch and I I forget off the top of my head who it was who dropped it but I think it was the very next pitch boom (laughs) tie game Kyle Stowers first home run it's the bottom of the ninth two outs and the Orioles wind up winning that game in extra innings (laughs) just fucking incredible I love it shit we'll never forget the uh, inside the park home run for Trey Mancini on Mo Gabba Day, last at bat as an Oriole in Camden Yards. And going back to that uh, walk-off of Trey Mancini against the Angels, that was the 10-game win streak. That was the 10th game. That was just an electric night. Great game. Great comeback. And that next morning, all the Oriole group texts <laughs> were just on fire starting like 6.30 in the morning. This is awesome. All right, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. A couple emails came in I want to get to. Uh, this gentleman by the name of Joe wanted to piggyback off of uh, last week. Last episode, I was talking about uh, crying in sports. Do you get so emotional that you just tear up? I'm not talking about you know eyes getting a little watery. I'm talking tears just coming down your face, snot bubbles, the whole nine yards. Uh, I've never gotten to that point. I have seen people do that, like I mentioned, at the Oriole game, and I was jealous of that because I'm like, man, I want to get that emotional. I want to feel that happiness. Uh, But he says, hello, Nate. I have definitely teared up watching sports, and I'm sure some other fans share my experience with this day. I'm 46 years old, and my kids and I were at the Delman Young game when he hit the famous double against the old left field wall. He says, we were sitting third base side, close to the left field wall, when all of a sudden my kids and I were jumping around our seats, high-fiving everyone around us. I've been to over 50 games in my life and never remember the stadium with such happy energy after just one play. And I went to a lot of games back in the 90s. He says, seeing how excited my kids were and how much they loved the Orioles as much as I do caused me to get choked up. Also, looking around and seeing all the happy Oriole fans yelling with joy made me get very emotional. Tears were pouring down my face, and I was not the only one after that play in that stadium with wet eyes. That was one of the very few sport moments where I became emotional. 
but that was one of the best moments with my kids I've had in a long time. Joe, appreciate the email. Reading that email <laughs> gets me a little emotional. Anytime someone shares an experience that brings them joy, but then they add their kids into the story and it brings their kids joy and their joy and everyone's just having a blast and getting teary-eyed. I fucking love it. So Joe wanted to share that experience that he had with Delman Young or watching Delman Young hit the double. Look, I still watch that video. That video, I think I, I see it on Twitter almost every other day. And some videos you watch, people are having fun with editing it, like putting in uh, uh, sappy music in the background and and uh, music. I, I think like uh, somebody put in like the Braveheart soundtrack, <laughs> one of the battle scenes. And they put that music on. And I look, I, I got to tell you, you know, tears not down the face, but I do start getting emotional. I think that the eyes do start watering up a little bit still to this day watching that video. So being there, seeing it live with your kids, Joe's like, man, are you kidding me? The waterworks just started pouring out. I don't blame you one bit. Still an emotional day watching that YouTube clip. <laughs> I, if I'm having a bad week. It's one of my top five videos I go to to try to cheer me up, for sure. So, Joe, appreciate you writing in, sharing your experience that you had with your kids, the Dumb and Young game. I'm telling you, like I said, to this day, talking about that hit, very emotional. And you're there sharing it with your kids? Shit. It's quite a day, man. Uh, I got an email from Gabe. He wanted to share his thoughts on this season. He says, I think for me, the greatest moments of this season was being able to see more wins than losses. Amen to that, Gabe. He says, this team has so much dang fight in them. Knowing every night we tuned in to watch our Orioles, they would fight hard until the last out was made. There were a lot of great moments to witness this season, but just watching a winning team wearing black and orange was so exciting to see. Listening to all the networks talk about the Orioles and how great they're playing. Was just awesome to hear. Just having a competitive season was awesome. P.S. Who was your favorite Oriole player to watch this season? Love the podcast. Thank you, Gabe. Appreciate the email. Yeah, I mean, I, I talked to some people, and you know, we share our, our favorite experiences of this season, and some of them are just like just having a winning season. Just seeing more winning games than losing games is what stands out. Yeah, no shit. Got to agree with that. Uh, Gabe wrapped up, asked me who my favorite player to watch. Uh, you know, shit. I, I'm sure the popular answer to that is Adley Rushman. But I got to say Mateo. He's the first name that comes to mind. He's fast. Every time he would hit in the outfield, you'd be like, oh, there's a home run in the park. <laughs> Just automatic double. He gets a single. He's on second. He's on third before you even know what hit you. He was great in the field. Gold glove material. Holy hell. Just put on a show this season. Just wish he could get his bat going. And he did. There's a chunk of season that he was getting his bat going. He was hitting home runs over the left field giant wall in Camden Yards. And shit, if that guy could just just even hit like 240 a season. I mean, the Orioles aren't going to be able to afford him. But that's the name that comes to my mind right away. Thinking about who is my favorite player to watch. Who is the most exciting player? Got to say Mateo. Um, it's, oh, I'm sorry. Gay at the bottom. I missed this. And his email at the bottom. It says favorite pitcher to watch this season. 
All right. Uh, favorite pitcher. It's a tie between, I'd say, Lyles and Bautista. I mean, Lyles had a huge game Friday night against the shitbag Yankees. Also throwing a complete game the the week before. He was just an innings eater. I mean, Lyles came in, gave given up the most home runs prior in the season pitching. And you're thinking, oh boy, this guy's coming in Camden Yards. That's probably why Elias was like, look, we'll pick him up. We just got to push the wall back. <laughs> so Elias, you know, a couple chess moves there, knowing what he was about to get. Uh, Bautista, yeah, of course. Hell yeah. A guy who can throw 102 miles per hour and then watching batters try to hit his 90 mile an hour splitter in the dirt right after that. Shit. Also, the guys, you know, nine feet tall. <laughs> So, yeah, Ly- probably off the top of my head, Lyles and Bautista. The two, f- uh, you know, and then I think Perez, you know, and then D.L. Hall. I don't, you know what? Moving on. Those are the two pitchers off the top of my head. I'm going with the first two answers Lyles and Bautista. Also, I was already a fan of Jordan Lyles just watching him, how, you know, he's just got ginormous gonads, big old balls, all the innings and, and all the, the shit situations that he pitched out of. But last week, when he walked the uh, judge and then struck out the side and was just walking off the mound, staring down the dugout. I mean, the guy's just got gonads the size of Jupiter. I've got balls of steel. So I've, I've enjoyed all season watching Jordan Lyles, and I think a lot of us didn't know we were going to get involved in with him. But he had a good season. And with a 442 ERA, 139 whip, 12-11 and 11 record. Come on. Yeah, I mean... Again, Elias didn't bring him on to be the ace. But boy, there are some moments in this season that you're like, is Jordan Lyles the ace of the Orioles? And then also why I love that moment. It's probably one of my favorite moments of Jordan Lyles is the Yankee fans were just booing him. Boo, you, you, you fucking woke judge. And he's like, all right, fuck you. I'll just strike out the side. <laughs> just, a, just a great moment. Okay, I received another email from a gentleman by the name of Kevin. He says, this was such a fun season with so much to build on for next year. It is crazy that we are barely touching what Gunner, Adley, and Hall could be capable of, plus adding Grayson and others from the farm. Everyone's saying how big and or fun the offseason will be, and I really hope Elias does not disappoint. Because I know we are loaded with infield prospects, but I wouldn't mind seeing them grab a huge name and move Gunner to third base. Imagine Trey Turner as an Oriole. Shit, I wouldn't mind Trey there. Are you kidding me? Look, I, I love you, uh, Mateo, but got to get that bat going. If we could have a guy with a glove like Trey and the bat, fuck it. Let's do it. Says, as always, enjoy the pod and your insights. Talk to you soon. Yeah, and he's he's dead on. Gunner Henderson's going to be a star. Adley, we know all about him. Dio Hall, seeing him close out that game uh, last week, Friday night in New York. I hope that's just a sign, early sign, of what we're going to see with Dio Hall. And yeah, this is a big offseason. It's going to be fun. Uh, yeah, of, of course, I hope Elias doesn't disappoint. I hope he doesn't pick up some solid number four, number three pitcher in the rotation, a couple arms in the bullpen who, you know, we've heard of, you know, 35, 38-year-old guys, veteran. You know, I, I don't want that. I want to see this offseason. I want to see these moves made where we're like, holy shit, here we come. This is going to be one hell of a season. If this is what they can do right here, this team, and win 83, Michael Elias, you have a pretty damn good opportunity to make this team the world champs.
do it. Just don't disappoint us, Michael. That's all we ask. We just want to be happy fans in 2023. That's all we ask. (laughs) And speaking of next season, I don't know. I just thought of this. My neighbor, okay, he he a big Orioles fan, and he's a diehard Santander fan. He's got signed jerseys, signed baseball, signed hats of Santander. Now, I'm cool with Santander. I don't I'm not gonna lose any sleep if we never see him again as an Oriole. And I was talking to him about that, and it seemed like his eyes were almost watering up, like he was getting really upset. I know a lot of fans speak highly of Santander. But I was talking to him saying, look, man, you know, who have like one for 20 slumps and then the next five at bats will hit a home run. Everyone will be like, yep, there he is. There's our power bat. He's a 245 average hitter. Okay. He hit 33 home runs this year, but a 70, 73 OPS, 89 RBIs. I just don't see him as the go-to power bat in the middle of the lineup and in and, and, and right field outfield. He's not that fast. He's got a good arm. And again, he's not fast on the bases. I just basically was stating if Elias decides to part ways with Santander and do whatever he's going to do with not having him in an Orioles jersey anymore, he became extremely upset. And I was curious if I'm in the minority. Just want to hear from you. I mean, if you see Santander, head on out, pack his bags. You're going to be upset. Do you think of this guy as like, oh, he's definitely part of the future and here's why. I'd love to hear from you. Because doesn't impress me much. Just didn't seem like he did that much to make me think, do what you need to do to keep this guy on the Orioles. All right, so I want to chat a little bit, get some things off my chest pertaining to uh, Aaron Judge and the Yankee fans. (laughs) But I also want to talk about uh, Brandon Hyde. I did receive an email, so I do want to discuss that because Brandon Hyde's definitely a discussion that has come up Plenty of times throughout the season and now that the season is over. Uh, but real quick, today's episode is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats. So go check them out online or social. Head over to sportsdrink.org or Instagram. Type in at sports drink. Spelled like sports drink. Just drop the vowels. All that we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. So half the season, we've had to hear about Aaron Judge and the home run record. And, you know, we have to hear about the Yankees every fucking day, all the time anyway. But it really bothered me as the Orioles were trying to wrap up the season, trying to end with a winning season because it meant so much to the team and fans to see that again, even if they weren't making the playoffs. But we had to hear the most bullshit, garbage, shitbag reasons of why the Orioles are ruining it for Aaron judge and baseball, just a shit take on the sport of baseball. Seeing the Yankee fans act as if they're watching Jesus Christ swing a bat. Now, look, I love competitive sports and I like seeing records get broken. It's fun. It's part of the entertainment. It's part of sports. Now, the only time I'm ever rooting against that player to not break the record is whether I think that player is just a piece of shit dick bag that I'm not a fan of, or they play for Satan's team, which is the Yankees. Now, Aaron Judge, just a great guy. You know, you, you don't ever see him get mixed in with the bullshit drama inside or outside of baseball. He's always got a smile on his face. He seems like he does a lot for the fans and the community, whatever. He's a, he's, he's a difficult guy to not root for. 
but you have to hear and see everything Yankees all the fucking time. And when you're an Orioles fan, we absolutely despise everything about the Yankees or organization. Their fans hate them. I shouldn't have been surprised when I saw how they were whining like little turds saying the Orioles pitchers, they should have thrown a, a meatball right down the plate so Aaron Judge could get some home runs. Come on, uh, uh, you guys aren't in it anymore. Go get fucked. You guys know nothing about the game of baseball. Pitchers couldn't give two shits about what Aaron Judge is doing. Sure, it's good for the game of baseball, and if he does it, they'll tip their caps to him. But they're not pitching to him going, oh boy, I don't want to be the one in the record books being the one who gives up the home run. No, they're going... I don't want to give a home run up at all. I don't want to pitch to the greatest batter in baseball. I'm going to try to pitch him some low and away sliders and see if he'll swing at my changeup down and in. These pitchers are playing for contracts, regardless whether I'm on a team that isn't going to make the playoffs. You are such an idiot for having that as an argument. (laughs) Even Ben McDonald got involved in all of this. He tweeted out, and by the way, if you don't follow Ben McDonald, he's great. He's very funny on Twitter. And there was some guy on uh, Yankees postgame show. I, I don't know the guy's name. Of course, if you talk to Yankee fans, oh, he's a legend. But this douche was talking about on the show how Oriole pitchers shouldn't be bothered on whether or not they're going to be in the record books for giving up, you know, 62nd, 63rd, whatever number home run it is. And again, it's not about that. These pitchers don't want their ERAs to get fluffed up. They don't want more home runs on their stats. So Ben McDonald retweeted the video clip of whoever this guy is talking about that, and he says, who is this dude? Cry me a river. I have a pretty good feeling he's never played the great game of baseball or put on a jockstrap in his life. The Orioles don't owe Aaron Judge or the Yankees a damn thing. Hashtag carry on. And Yankee fans are like, oh, you don't have to play the game to be able to talk sports. That's not at all what Ben McDonald was saying. And if you're too much of an idiot to realize that, then take a step back and let the adults talk because you look like a moron. You stupid, ignorant son of a bitch, dumb bastard. Now, of course, Judge hit the 62nd home run in Texas. And a kid named Corey Yalman or Yeoman, whatever, caught the home run. And J.P. Cohen, president of of a sports memorabilia auction house called Memory Lane Inc. told the Associated Press on Wednesday that they offered $2 million for the baseball. Now, the kid hasn't responded back yet. Uh, They they sent him texts and emails, zero response. And, of course, most people's knee-jerk reaction when you hear that, you're like, what the hell, kid? Take the $2 million. I don't know, not so fast. Maybe you're thinking about it you, you have some conversations with experts in sports memorabilia hey how much do you think this will be worth in 3 to 5 years 10 20 years you know you might just want to hang on to that although i don't know if i had a baseball like that in my possession i wouldn't be able to sleep at night every little crack and creak i'd hear i'd be like who is it i'd have my shotgun you know pointing it at my bedroom door thinking someone's going to come in Wind up being like a a paranoid lunatic (laughs) thinking someone's coming for this baseball. And now I can't sleep. Haven't been able to sleep in 10 years, but 10 years. Shit. What are you going to get? Do the math. Nate, was it like 50 million you get? I just pulled that number out of my ass. And speaking of pulling shit out of your ass, I received a garbage text 
A lot of people may agree with this, but it was about Brandon Hyde, someone I know. I think I was just busy when he sent the text. I was like, I don't have time to go back and forth about Hyde. So I think I just replied back blocked. <laughs> I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole at that moment because here's the text he sent, and I disagreed with it. He says, Brandon Hyde is one of those managers that will be forgotten four years from now, but will always be talked about as the manager that didn't know how to handle a bullpen. There's no way he will know how to handle an all-star team and handle the pressure playing in October. Eli's first step on fucking this up will be continuing to allow Hyde to manage this team. Eli's don't do it. We don't need Hyde anymore. Time to move on. First off, I completely disagree. Maybe we can discuss Hyde has a short leash on starters. You know, let them work through some innings that they're having trouble with late in the game. Uh, he sometimes throws out a weak lineup. He's done that a few times, like with a day off the next day. You're thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You you put uh, five bats in that lineup at once that can't hit for shit. W- what are we doing here? Like, trickle them in a little bit. Put two or three here. I don't know. So anyway, it doesn't matter what fucking manager is managing your favorite team. There's always going to be things that you can pick at. For God's sakes, Earl Weaver. If he managed now, I'm sure you'd be saying, oh, gee, you know, why'd he pull that guy? Why'd he make that decision? What's this lineup about? No matter who it is. Our buddy Matt Kremnenser, who I've had on the show, he put a poll out asking, do you want Hyde back next season? It's almost 2,000 votes, and 77% said yes. Like I was saying, no matter who is managing the team, there's always going to be times that we're going to complain about the way that he managed the game. It's 162 games with about a half dozen obvious moves that the fans can see that the manager makes, mainly pitching moves, of course. So that's basically almost 1,000 moves a season that the manager does, and you think he's supposed to be batting 1,000? No, there's always going to be things you point at. I just think. My God, with coming back from a season like this with 83 wins, ending the season with a, a, a winning record, what are you talking about right now about getting rid of Hyde? I, I don't understand it. He's gelling with the players. The only beef he's ever had with a player, which was really strange, was Chris Davis when they almost fought in the dugout. Chris Davis was just going through some shit. But it seems like the players respect him. They love him. He loves the players. Keep him around for a little bit. See what he's got. I don't understand why people are like, get rid of Hyde after the season we just witnessed. If things start shitting the bed as the seasons continue, okay, let's talk about getting Hyde the fuck out of there. This season was supposed to be another rebuild season, but look what happened. So just chill out for a moment. I just don't get the talk of getting him at pitchforks and flames in your hands, standing outside of Brandon Hyde's house. Like this team was supposed to have 110 wins and they ended in 83. I don't understand. Another thing I'd love to hear from you, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. So there's going to be a few more episodes out there. Again, I just want to hear from you guys, some great moments that you remember. Uh, look, players that you hope that Elias picks during the offseason brings on the Orioles, I mean, and uh, just some other moves that you hope to see and uh, players that you hope to stick around. Santander, is that one of the guys that you're hoping is part of the future who Look, I'm not big on. And Cedric Mullins, I definitely put my opinion on him. If he no longer is an Oriole anymore, hey, it was fun having you, but adios.
So still a lot to talk about. Love hearing from you guys. Fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Till next time. See you.